thanks to our friends from the circus for that amazing music. Welcome to Airtime, a basketball podcast from two currently very exhilarated basketball fans. My name is Vikram. Hey guys, this is Nishrat. If you guys are new listeners, you can catch us wherever you get your podcasts: Google, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Castbox, and more. So, Nishrat, why are we currently very exhilarated? Well, I thought that the adjective we used last time just didn't quite match up to the expression and feelings we had, so we decided to upgrade that emotion a little bit. Very well said. We are very exhilarated. The NBA is coming back. We're inching closer and closer each and every day, but with each and every day going. beyond us what's also happening is that there is there's been a lot of player movement from quote unquote the bubble um i think uh, we've had a couple of more players leave the bubble for for some reasons or the others nishit what's up with that yeah i mean zion williamson has just left because of family emergency um montrez harrell from the clippers has also left and well first of all it seems like that that deep nasal swab they were talking about doesn't seem to be deterring players as much <laughs> as we thought Well, family emergencies, man. I don't think the deep nasal swab is going to come in the way of that as well. I'm I super bummed out because uh, both of us were pretty uh, uh, looking forward to Zion Williamson, and you actually had those Pelicans sort of uh, boosting up and finishing in that eighth seed. So it'd be interesting to see if he does make it back. And I feel like they have some very weird quarantining rules put in place for, or depending on how many days you stay outside of the bubble, right? Yeah. So if you come. back within a week i believe you only have to quarantine for 4 days but if it goes over a week they've got a few more complicated rules where your quarantine period can even extend up to as much as 10 days so we don't know how long uh, they gone for montrez already left on friday uh, we don't know when he'll be back either um, but yeah we obviously hope that uh, these guys are back and are able to start and especially zion cuz i think there was a lot of excitement uh, around the way he was playing how he was looking and i think just from the nba perspective I think even NBA as a brand would probably be wanting the Pelicans to get into the first round because then you get an entire LeBron versus Zion first round uh, matchup, which I think will be great for rating the revenue for the NBA, which they could sorely, sorely use. So I guess we just have to watch with uh, what happens there. Yeah, I know there was uh, they they were banking on Zion so much even before the season started. They gave uh, the Pelicans so many of these uh, nationally televised games. which is like a very coveted thing when uh, with its nba broadcasting schedule and uh, he got injured so they actually ended up playing a lot of these nationally televised games without zion and that hit their revenue and their ratings a lot so they will definitely be looking forward to that i i feel like there has been no communication in terms of how long it's he's gone but there seems to be no urgency so i feel like he's just gone to be with his family in some in 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 a tough period of time and i'm pretty sure he'll be back we still have no news from westbrook as well um he got diagnosed positive just when the rockets team was about to leave for the bubble so i'm not too sure when he's going to be coming in and uh yeah i feel like till the 30th of july which is the day it's going to restart we'll have absolutely no clear or clarity in terms of who's be playing who's not i think 30th is going to be the day when everything is going to get decided yeah i agree i mean i think a few more interesting things have been happening around first of all the nba has this hotline which is basically like something out of a, like a snitch line it is for, a snitch uh, line yeah yeah basically a snitch line for uh, players who aren't following the rules so like dwight howard got called out on for not wearing a mask which he was which he defended saying that hey it's supposed to be the bubble why am i wearing a mask inside the bubble if it's the safest place But I mean, I think the NBA has really thought about the reasons and the and 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 you know decided how they want to set up their protocol, and there's no fine right at the moment for getting called out on the hotline. But uh, it seems to be causing some issues internally. 
I cannot imagine any NBA player dialing that hotline and be like, hey, hey Dwight's not wearing his mask, dude. <laughs> That's not how it's mostly like the the executives or, or the employees of Disney World or something be like, hey, I saw that player without a mask because no player snitching on any other player for sure. That's not happening. And I've seen so many videos uh, circulating YouTube and Instagram already. You know, these guys are like fishing. They're going to like slides and they're, they're ride, riding around in golf carts and... Very rarely have they been wearing masks, so I don't think it's that big of a problem. Yeah, and also, they, I mean, they, it seems to be that there are a lot of activities available, but uh, I recently saw an interview of Devin Booker, and apparently all he's been doing is sitting in his room and, uh, sitting in his room and playing COD. So Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a, he's a, he's a massive, massive Warzone fan. A lot of these players are massive Warzone fans, but Devin Booker is actually one of the guys who's really, really good at it. So all throughout quarantine, for example, we, he was uh, streaming live on Twitch and playing with all these uh, pro court players and Warzone players. So I'm not surprised at all, but there are a lot of these guys who essentially got their own setups. They're, uh, if they're playing on PC, they got their PC or they got their PlayStation, JaVel McGee and Devin Booker and Pat Beverly and stuff. So they have... They have their gaming setups and they kind of realize, you know, they, they a lot of them took to gaming during the quarantine period. So um, it just completely makes sense that if you're going to be in this pseudo lockdown quarantine in the bubble, it makes sense to get whatever you can with you that's going to help you through it. Yeah, makes sense. Um, some other news that we found out recently is uh, concerning the year-end awards. So these eight seeding games will actually not be taken into consideration for the awards. So Ooh. basically... All the coaches and the media personnel have to give in their votes by the 30th of July. Um, so, Interesting. Uh, yeah, so the, uh, apparently because, you know, they wanted to put every team, all 30 teams and all players in the NBA on even footing for those awards, uh, which generally are given to the best player during the regular season. Uh, they, yeah, so they're not taking these into account, which uh, I think which will be really interesting because there were a few places where I thought these eight games might have been able to, you know, move players up or down in some of the award races. But MVP. I guess that will not be happening. Yeah, MVP can LeBron, you know, between LeBron and Giannis, uh, that would have been interesting. I think, I, I can't tell, I'm on the fence in terms of whether this is a good decision or bad. I see the pros because definitely these eight games and the 22 teams that are going to be playing on it are actually, you know, like it, it's going to massively swing um, opinions and, and uh, thoughts in terms of who's going to get what. So I, I totally see that happening. And uh, the other thing I actually think that uh, sort of factored into this decision is that these eight games at least are not going to be a representation of the level of basketball that these players usually play because it's 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 after coming after such a long break and uh, uh, you know these guys are not at their peak fitness level it's actually going to be it's going to allow for teams of a slightly lesser caliber to gain ground on uh, at least the guys at the top or the guys who are, who are in the mid table so I, I see that happening as well. So it's a pretty interesting decision taken by the NBA. It's only eight games, though, so technically it shouldn't be counting for that much. Uh, if if there is a player who can who can sort of leapfrog another player just in a matter of eight games, then that basically means that the race that they could, they were competing in was actually very very close, as opposed to uh, a clear cut winner. So I, I, I'm still not sure if this is a good decision or not, but I can I get it. I understand it. To your point about Giannis and LeBron, I just I still think that the LeBron favor or or, or the sway he has over the media and generally the people who are uh, responsible for voting is still so high that um, he's he's still a contender for the MVP. Even though according to me, Giannis and I think you as well, Giannis is a clear favorite there. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think the reason they did this was because of Dame time. I think they they thought that maybe he comes in and just averages like 120 points per game. Everyone's scared you know, of Dame, just, baby. Yeah, 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 just steals the MVP award. So they said no, we'll stop it before that. But what's yeah. interesting is even though the season awards are being voted on now, the actual statistic award, statistical awards, which aren't you know formally awards, but things like the scoring champion and things like that, will actually be will actually take these eight games into account. So. You know, if, say, James Harden drops on his scoring quite a bit in these eight games, there is a chance he could, which is very low, but there is a chance he could drop off from being the scoring leader. So those are what they're actually going to still take these eight games into account. I think that makes sense. I think because those are based on stats and they're, like you said, not official awards. So it makes complete sense to take this. Because then essentially what you're doing is you're ignoring the stats from these eight games. And then why are you even playing these eight games, right? Yeah. That makes sense. All right. So that's what we have in terms of roundups and what we've heard from the bubble i i don't think i'll ever get tired of saying that from the bubble in the bubble the bubble is just it's just <laughs> well, so well one important thing is that we're actually we don't have to wait till the 30th for basketball action because exhibition games are actually starting from wednesday oh, so we are, we're going to be able to see these players getting into a proper game uh starting wednesday what the nba decided to do is that the first exhibition games they'll just have 10 minute quarters so i guess so it's a slow ramp up and then the next one will have 12 minute quarters but yeah hopefully we can actually see some Five on five NBA action this week, which uh, another reason why we are so exhilarated. <laughs> extremely, extremely. I can't wait, man. I missed basketball, and uh, I feel like basketball is so unique, or or was in such a unique position when coronavirus hit the world because of uh, the amount of basketball that had already been played in the season. If you look at other sports, they were either starting out or they were kind of mid-season or something like that. Basketball was such an at such an advanced level that. To have it cut out from our lives at that point of the season, it just hurts so much more than, for example, football, where we had the EPL kind of cut out somewhere in the middle. There was still a lot to play for. None of the finals had happened. None of the trophies were won. Where basketball, where it was like eight games away from the playoffs, boom, it's over. So that really, really hurt. So I'm super excited to have it back. Um, and in honor, like I mentioned last episode, in honor of having basketball back, we have our own version of uh, bracket play we're calling it the airtime bracket super original name by the way and what we're going to be doing there is we're going to be allowing you guys our listeners as well to play along with Nishrit and I and we're going to be competing head to head in terms of who we think is going to eventually win this championship so how that goes is you guys have time till July 30th which is the day of the restart to essentially enter your own bracket so you have to enter who you think are going to be the top eight seeds in the west the top eight seeds in the east and then the round one winners the round two winners the the conference final winners the championship winners etc and you'll get points for each correct pick you get you'll get points you get one point for your first first round picks one point per each correct pick you get two points for your round two picks each you get four points for your f- conference finals picks each, and then you get eight points for who you think are going to be making the NBA finals. And finally, you'll get 16 points for who you think is going to win the NBA finals. You guys have till the 30th of July to enter your picks, and you'll find more details in the show notes below. Just hit the link of the Google form, and you can straight away start entering who you think is going to be the seedings for your first round Western Conference and your first round Eastern Conference players. And uh, super excited to be playing this with you, Nishrit. Now, one thing that we have to add as a caveat is that you guys will be allowed till the 30th of July to es- essentially set up your bracket. Nishrit and I are going to take it a step forward. We've already set up our Eastern Western Conference seats. We're going to be setting our Eastern Conference seats this episode. And each subsequent episode till before the NBA season kickstarts, we're actually going to set up our entire bracket. Now, 
I know what you're thinking. That's absolutely ludicrous to do, especially because there are so many players who are going in and out of this bubble as we speak, and we're still unclear in terms of the final locked roster for each team. So, Nishrit, uh, why are we doing this? Why are we being so stupid? Just can we get that out of the way? Well, A, because I am absolutely amazing at predicting everything, and B, because you felt threatened and thought you could do it too. <laughs> Yeah, so Sunishit so claims that he's a psychic. I've known him for over a decade. I can say for certainty he's not a psychic, but I like the confidence level. So we just decided we were, again, super exhilarated and or excited, whichever adjective you want to choose. So we decided to go ahead with this. Now, given the uncertainty in terms of which players are playing, for example, I really like the Clippers. I think they're, uh, they're high contenders to actually take it all. But the news of Montrezl Harrell leaving the bubble to be with his grandmother, it's very... Uh, uh, unforeseen circumstances, really sad situation for him. Now, we don't know when he's going to be back, if he's going to be back at all. So that really damages the Clippers' hope of uh, taking it all throughout. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to give ourselves one concession per round. So even though we set our bracket much before the July 30th deadline, we're still going to give each other one concession per round per conference to essentially switch things out. So for example, if uh, if my Western Conference round has Clippers, hypothetically it doesn't, but hypothetically it has Clippers in this first seed and Lakers in the second, and then Harold doesn't come back or something else happens with the Clippers before the 30th, I can actually actually take that concession I have for the Western Conference round and change the seeding that I allot to the Clippers. And the knock-on effect that happens, happens. There's no point to be lost there, but that's essentially what we're doing. One concession per round all the way till the finals. So that's how Nishrit and I are going to be playing it. Uh, for you guys, again, details are going to be shown in the show notes for this episode. We'll give you a link and that link will essentially allow you guys to set up your entire bracket, which will then be converted into, I'm assuming, view-only Excel sheet files this is all nishit's department technical mumbo jumbo but you'll be able to see your bracket you'll be able to see other people's brackets you guys will be able to tally all your scores and the winner of uh, our airtime bracket is essentially going to be given one year free access to nba tv from our guys' site so nishit this doesn't count if one of you or i win it right because that's going to be really douchey well i mean i am going to win it so no it doesn't um and it's not that i need the concession but i figured might as well do it make it a little more uh, exciting so yeah so basically whoever wins it which will have to be one of our fans will get even more basketball and all the basketball content they can find on the nba league pass free for a year yeah, uh, super humble of you, by the way, just just saying. So essentially, that's what it is. That's how we've set it up. And hopefully you guys are excited to play against us, against each other in the airtime bracket. So Nishad, let's just dive right in. We set up our Western Conference seedings in the last episode. We have our Eastern Conference seedings lined up. So you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Um, so first seed on the Eastern Conference, uh, not a big surprise there. Milwaukee, who is way ahead of, uh, you know, uh, anybody else. I mean, Toronto Raptors statistically could catch up, but I don't really see it. Uh, I think they're going to easily take the first seed. And I also feel that, uh, you know, they're going to have uh, something to prove. Uh, I think the Bucks really want to have that first seed overall. And with the Lakers putting up that run during the end of the, you know, before the lockdown, uh, lockdown happened, um, 
they're going to, you know, the Lakers are pretty close to catching up to the Bucks, and I'm pretty sure the Bucks don't want that. So I see them coming out a little bit more uh, fiery and and powered up uh, than the Lakers, and they'll keep a close eye on the Lakers, uh, you know, schedule and record to make sure that they uh, take up that first seed. One thing to note here is that uh, Bledsoe has got uh, has got confirmed with having COVID, so he is not there yet. Uh, the you know the Bucks had closed down their practice facility a few weeks ago, but hadn't said why they had, and they finally uh, let us know that it was because uh, Bledsoe had. Uh, the coronavirus so I hope he's able to come back uh, you know I think he had a lot to prove this playoff because of his performance last year and I really thought he would have been you know come in and really push the tempo but uh, yeah let's see uh, how quickly he can recover and come back I know and also I think the Bucks are going to be super glad that um, there was this enforced break because during the end or during the last month or so of uh, NBA when when the NBA was on before the coronavirus hit, you could see their form was tapering a little bit. Um, they were actually gunning for the uh, Golden State Warriors regular season record at one point, and then all of a sudden, within the matter of a month, it went away just because they had a few losses on the trot. So they're actually, like you said, I'm assuming, going to be super fired up and uh, have a point to prove and make sure that everyone knows that they, they this this performance they had before the lockdown actually happened wasn't a fluke and uh, it's actually warranted. So before you dive any deeper, let's just run through the current seedings that we have for the Eastern Conference. We have Bucks in one, Raptors in second, Celtics in third, Heat in fourth, Pacers in fifth, 76ers in sixth, the Brooklyn Nets in seventh, and the Orlando Magic in eighth. And we have uh, the Wizards in ninth who are also playing uh, in, in this NBA bubble restart. So that's what the that's what the seeding looks like right now. Who do you have for second? Yeah, so with the Bucks staying in second, uh, f- uh, sorry, the Bucks staying in first, I do have, again, the Toronto Raptors keeping their second seed as well. So not uh, many changes there. I think a big uh, point there is that the entire team is going to be healthy. Uh, we've had a, the, the Raptors, even though they've kept a great record, which, by the way, is a better record than uh, when they had uh, Kawhi Leonard last season. Um, they've actually played with... They've, they've hardly played their starting five together. So, mostly, they've had one person or the other injured throughout the entire time. But this uh, season, you know, everybody's going to be healthy. Everybody's going to be back. And I think they're going to be really fired up again to prove that even without Kawhi, they do belong, deserve to be there and they do uh, deserve to have a deep run in the playoffs. So, I think they're going to come up uh, pretty powered up as well and they'll be able to maintain that uh, second seed interesting I think so too dude I think they're uh, they're just a solid team and it's it's not from coming from a point where it's one player that they're relying on too heavily for buckets or stuff like that it's just a solid solid team Nick Nurse is uh, is just a solid player, a solid coach, and and the way he drills his team, especially defensively and like relying on zone defense uh, at some points in, during the season as well, I think they've they've kind of been the clear sort of leaders, according to me, from a defensive standpoint, because we saw them lock down uh, a sort of Giannis heavy Bucks team, Bucks team as well, and then we also saw them lock down this new small ball Rockets experiment that's been happening. So very versatile when it comes to the defensive end and good a good set of players when it comes to just keeping alive the the offense side of things as well. So I think they stay in second too. Yeah. Um, then for my third seed, uh, I do have the Boston Celtics. Uh, again, no big changes there. The Celtics were on a tear before 
the season ended and the the season stoppage in between Tatum was just playing amazingly he was playing at an MVP caliber so it'll be interesting to see if he can keep that going even after the break uh, Kemba will be back from his injury so that's good again uh, the team being healthy will obviously help them out a lot. What's really interesting is that, you know, they do statistically have a chance to catch up with the Raptors. And if they do end up having the same record, which is uh, very possible since they've played the same number of games, um, and it's the Celtics who win it, they would actually be tied in the regular season uh, games against the Raptors as well. So to break the tiebreaker, uh, if they have the same record, uh, you know, if they end up with the same record in the season, they'd actually have to go down to additional statistical categories to like things like who wins the who wins the division, etc., to actually decide who gets that third seed uh, and that second seed. So it is statistically possible, but I still think Toronto second, Boston third. Interesting. I agree with you, dude. I think Jason Tatum was just kind of playing out of his mind i'm very very curious to see if he comes back uh hits the ground running and is at that same level i won't be surprised if he's not it's just a very tough thing to maintain playing at that high level and then forcing yourselves to just stay inside your house for literally three months and coming back and expecting to be at that same level again so um i also think the raptors have a slightly easier uh, round of fixtures in these eight games so i see the raptors sort of winning maybe about five or six of these games and I don't see the Celtics winning more than four or five. So I don't think they'll be able to catch up with the Raptors because they're already three games behind. So yeah, it's it's Celtics at three for me too. All right. Uh, that makes sense. And then on the fourth seed, this is interesting. Um, I do have the Miami Heat uh, being in that fourth seed. Uh, I think Miami is a really interesting team. I think they could also be the dark horse. Uh, they've got Dan Adebayo, who's just been playing great. They're one of the few teams who've consistently beaten the Bucks this season because they seem to just have got, you know, Adebayo seems to have gotten Giannis's number and he matches up to him quite well. They're also the best three-point shooting team in the NBA right now, right? Uh, with players uh, like uh, Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, who's doing, who's basically on fire from three-point range. Uh, it's a very interesting team. And of course, Jimmy Buckets, who's their great, uh, you know, game time and game closer. So I think they can make a deep run. I think they'll be a team definitely to look out for. Uh, and the one thing is they do have a lot of young players. You know, the, the, a large part of their scoring, like I said, and, the, and their good players is around Bam Adebayo, Kendrick Nunn, uh, and uh, Duncan Robinson. These guys are very young. You know, they're, they're in the first few years of summer, you know, yeah, like for example, uh, Kendrick Nunn is a rookie and the team is quite young. So I think that might be something they'll have to watch out for. Uh, for a lot of these guys, this is their first playoff appearance. But definitely a dark horse to look out for as well. And I see them, uh, like I said, taking up that fourth seed. That's very interesting. I think I agree with everything that you said. Um, they, they'll definitely take up that fourth seed, according to me, too. I could potentially have seen them go slightly higher, uh, if not catch up with, but at least close in on the Celtics and stuff. But I think they have very tough fixtures. So so unless they completely collapse under the weight of those tough fixtures, I don't see them uh, losing this fourth spot as well. So on fifth, um, I've got Philadelphia uh, coming up and taking that fifth seat. Uh, now, Philadelphia is always a frustrating team because, uh, you know, we've been waiting for them to explode and become an elite level team for the last few seasons. But they just haven't been able to do it. Uh, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, for some reason, just don't seem to be able to play together, uh, play well together. And this would be my idea if I was their coach. I would just make two starting fives. One, which just plays with Joel Embiid and like center around him. And the second that plays around Ben Simmons. And secondly, I would make Ben Simmons my center and Joel Embiid like my point guard just to confuse the hell out of the other team. <laughs> wait, and wait, then what? the one that wins ends up being the team that's confused the least. So if Philadelphia is able to figure <laughs> it out and not be as confused, they win it. If the other team like catches up to what they're doing fast enough, you know, they can get the edge. But I mean, they've tried everything else. Why not try this? 
Wait, I questions, many questions. So you're saying that they have two starting, they have two rotations essentially. One with wh- wait, Joel Embiid uh, as the point guard, and the other with Ben Simmons as the center. But but is Ben Simmons in the first rotation? Ah, uh, no, he's not. They they don't play together because they can't see <laughs> to play together. So you'll basically have a really really large rotation with just like a giant point guard running everything, and then you'll have a really small rotation. <laughs> Oh my god, I can't believe that. I I would really want to see that happen. It's actually pretty interesting. So apparently uh all these videos of like practice sessions and all from the bubble are coming out and Ben Simmons has been draining a lot of threes and uh, apparently they've been trying they've been running these rotations or they, they they've been trying out rotations where Simmons plays off ball so he kind of plays in this powered forward um uh, uh position in the rotation. So apparently that's showing a lot of dividends when he's playing off ball so he can just focus on like uh uh just setting up the offense or like taking those threes and stuff like that so i'm actually very curious to see how that works out but what i see going against them is that they don't have too much depth in the point guard position cuz simmons has been their go to point guard for so long so i'm not too sure if that's going to happen or not i just i again well, they i they don't I, have depth cuz they haven't tried out Joel Embiid at point guard yet bro <laughs> yes i guess i mean technically they have depth then yeah but uh, it hasn't really uh, factored into Brad Brown's thinking i think um i will definitely be sending him this audio clip this nugget of a uh, uh, golden nugget of information so that maybe it unlocks something in his brain and uh, uh they 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 come up i agree with you though i think they're going to leapfrog the pacers and come to this fifth seeding and i'm very curious to see if all this time off all this being able to think and then they actually had a a run during this uh during the season before it got cut short where it was only simmons playing cuz embiid was injured and vice versa as well so they got to see what the team looks and feels like without one or the other of the person uh, in the starting lineup so i'm sure there's a lot of thinking that these guys have done and try to figure out what is the best way to extract from this team cuz right now for them to sit where they are right now which is like the 6th seed is kind of weird cuz even though the eastern conference is not the strongest you would expect the 76ers to be at least in that top 3 or 4 so i i see them coming i see them jump, leapfrogging the pacers and uh, hitting up uh, hitting this uh fifth seed but that's mostly because the pacers are not full strength right yeah exactly the pacers don't have all the depot uh brogdon also has covid so he should be back in time but it remains to be seen if you know how healthy he is if he's able to get back to his uh you know to to his uh, to the way he plays generally um the thing with philadelphia is you never know what you're going to get uh i think it'll be a overall as an organization i think this uh, season i mean i think it'll go one of two ways right either they finally take that hard call if simmons and mb just aren't working together and have to trade one of them because they're great players they just don't play well together hence my idea of making two different rotations or they might even go the other way and say hey you know what we didn't get to try him out for a full proper season so let's give it another go but i honestly think that a change is required there especially if they're not able to make a deep run uh, you know in these playoffs I think so too. I mean, uh, I think they they they've been under pressure for a while now, so this season's going to be make or break. So if they do end up doing something decent in the postseason, then maybe that'll quell a lot of those rumors. But if they don't and they kind of stay this in this middling sort of form that they have, then definitely there's going to be some movement uh, at minimum in the coaching staff and possibly uh, player related as well. Yeah, and then uh, yeah. I- Uh, like we said i do have indiana and the pacers dropping down to that 6 uh, seed uh, f- 
mainly because they're not going to be at full strength. I was actually pretty excited about this team because we thought Oladipo would be back given the the time of rest. Uh, you know, we thought Brogdon would be there, but sadly that's not the case. Oladipo is not going to be coming back to the restart. Brogdon hopefully will play, but you know, like we said, he's got COVID, so God knows we don't really know when he will join. And Lamb has been out for the entire season as well. So overall, at least from a from a guard perspective, etc., they they. They lack a lot of depth and that team is just not full strength. And I think because of that, they are going to drop down to that sixth seed. It's not, it's, it's not really possible for them to drop any low because of the big gap that exists between the top six teams in the East and then the next few. Uh, but yeah, I see the Pacers dropping down to sixth. I mean, it's still up in the air, dude. That's that's why we that's why we said this ahead of uh, uh, telling everyone about the bracket as well, because there's so much uncertainty in terms of who's playing or who's not. Apparently, Oladipo might be playing now, might not be playing. He's still on the fence, so I, I don't know. It's just maybe maybe Pacers is going to be our one concession come thirtieth uh, of July because surprisingly Oladipo makes it in. So let's see. Uh, as of right now, it's it's the same for me. I have 76ers leapfrogging the Pacers. I think that might still happen if Oladipo comes in because the, they they have the same record, right? They're both 14 games behind the leaders. So um, I don't know. It completely depends on what level of strength the uh, Pacers squad is operating at. Who do you have for 7 and 8 then? So 7th, I've got Orlando going up over Brooklyn. I mean, Brooklyn is a completely decimated team. Uh, they hardly have any players coming in. I don't know how they're going to sort of be able to fill that roster up. Um, so and plus Vucevic and Aaron Gordon were having a great run uh, before sort of the the season had a premature stoppage. So I definitely see the Orlando Magic uh, doing that jump uh, and taking up that seven seed. While here's where I'm going to put in a little bit of uh, exciting twist. Because I want to keep my bracket a little bit different, I'm actually going to have, even though we know that Bradley Beal probably will not play, I think the Washington Wizards might be able to win just about enough games. I mean, they need to win about three games and have the Brooklyn Nets, you know, lose most of their games, which I think will happen in any case, given their teams, to sort of push it, push in for that play-in tournament, uh, which happens between the 8th and ninth seed. And then I think, apart because with the Nets, it's not just that they don't have their, uh, you know, all of their main players. Also, I think from a morale perspective, like a lot of the guys who have uh, come to the bubble probably aren't in the best headspace. And I think the Wizards might actually be able to push through. So I'm going to take this uh, exciting sort of take on this and say that the Wizards somehow squeak into that eight seed behind the Orlando Magic. Interesting. Interesting. All right. So uh, I agree on the Magic bit. I think they're going to leapfrog. They're only a half a game behind the Nets. So I think uh, Magic is going to finish seventh. Um, the Nets... Uh, there's there's like not even any uncertainty about it uh, there's no Duran there's no Akari Irving those guys are on the injured list and I think Spencer Dimwitty and DeAndre Jordan quite recently said that they're not coming in uh, so I, I think the Nets are yeah they're pretty decimated like you said but the Wizards are pretty far behind already so as it stands the Nets the Wizards are about six games behind the Nets so given the fact that they're only going to be playing eight games, but they only need to get within four games reach, um, theoretically, it's definitely possible. I just think that it's it's so confusing to predict because the level of these games, and I know I've said this before, is go- literally going to be like a preseason game level just because of the, the fitness levels of these players, which means that there's less of a gap between... Um, teams in terms of skill level so that could definitely uh, be or, or, or run in the favor of the Washington Wizards and then be able to catch up with the Nets I still think the Nets sort of pull through um, if I try to factor in the average quality of that team against the average quality of uh, the Wizards team the Nets have a lot of young guns who've 
got some amount of experience in this abridged season that we saw. So uh, I, for me, it's still the Nets. So I still have seventh as Magic and eighth as Nets and Wizards not coming through into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I'm taking a gamble, but I think, uh, you know, if, like you said, given the fact that it's going to be a restart, it's going to be like a set of preseason games. Uh, and yeah, the Wizards are also sort of don't have the star players, obviously. Bradley Beal probably not playing. Um, but if they are able to string, you know, even a few wins, because basically, like, a, uh, like we said, they just need to have two more wins, uh, than the Nets, uh, during this, this phase to actually cover that up to a four game difference to put in that play tournament. And then, and if, if, if they get at the play tournament, I think momentum will just help them win both games to get through. So yeah. I'm going to take that gamble and we'll see how it goes. I mean, I, I, I see your thinking. Momentum does matter for a lot, especially in situations like that. So it might happen. Yeah. I think you have the same sort of thinking behind the Pelicans going through, uh, in the Western Conference as well. So it, it could work out in your favor. It couldn't. Uh, and we'll also finally be able to tell whether you are a prophet or not. So, yes. So. If I get this right, then I think, then I think I should just get that title. <laughs> Uh, I should be called Nishrit the Prophet when it's the introduction <laughs> from then on. Um, one other thing that I, that we didn't mention is that Orlando technically is the closest to a home team that we have during this bubble. Do you think that'll make any changes? Do you think like uh, Mickey Mouse and like Donald Duck and stuff <laughs> will just come to the stand and try to like egg them on and be their only sort of home side squad, uh, home side sort of fans? Possibly, possibly. I don't see that happening. I think the guy who will be under the Mickey Mouse costume would still probably be a, a LeBron James fan or an Orlando Magic fan. So I don't know if it's gonna if it's gonna come into play that much. I think all these guys are practicing in the same facilities. It's kind of like a home game for each team when it comes to like uh, familiarity and then just not being uh, not not needing to travel so much before a game and stuff like that. So I think it's pretty interesting. It's going to be more in line with what we see in like a World Cup or a Euros in football where they're all in one location or the Olympics where everyone's in one location. It's like a village sort of a situation and then you just play against each other. So yeah, that's what we have for our Eastern Conference seedings. Again, we're going to be populating this into our uh, airtime bracket and you guys can do the same details in the show notes and uh, we'll have much more for you as we go along and into this run-up to July 30th for the NBA restart. Catch you guys next episode. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.